You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my friends who are much into music theater to different types of pop and rock music. And sometimes they'll introduce me to some theater music. Hey everyone, today we're going to be talking about Elton John, Tumbleweed Connection. With me, I have Riley. Hello. And Romy. Hi. And that's it. It's just us. It's the three of us again. <laughs> we three are all together. <laughs> we three uh, trees. <laughs> that was a Diary of a Wimpy Kid reference. That was epic. <laughs> so, um, before I go in on the details of Tumbleweed Connection by Elton John, I just want to say... I saw Hades Town suckers. Woo! Woo! Yeah! <laughs> and it was it was a pretty funny experience, really, just getting there because when we went into Washington D.C., where uh, the Kennedy Center is, where Hades Town was, there was a lot of traffic, and my mom was having a hard time, kind of like following the GPS's rules, and. Uh, we were cooing just fine until she accidentally went on the wrong exit of the roundabout. And therefore, uh, we ended up wasting like 30 minutes trying to get back on track. That's <laughs> that's great. I and, love that. And she thought the show started at 2. and But then uh, she realized the show started at 1.30 because I reminded her of that. And she was like, oh crap. And, and then we were all just very tense. And eventually we made it to the parking lot at 1.30. But we realized we weren't at the right parking lot. So we had to like back out of that parking lot and go to the correct parking lot. Oh my god. And we got there at like 135 and by the time did we you got... guys did you like make it? Did the show start right when you did you guys run late or something? What happened? We well, here's the funny part. Uh we got to the main floor, we got our tickets checked, got our little COVID cards checked, and then we got in and we I was so afraid that we missed Road to Hell because it was like 136. But wouldn't you know it? As soon as we stepped into that theater, the chorus walked in, and it was, it was magic. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah Actually, when I was in New York this past summer, um, it was me and Wyatt, and we had this one workshop that we did, and it was a, it was a dance intensive, and we learned part of the choreography to um, one of the scenes from Hades Town. I can't recall which one it was it was like some kind of party scene we recreate we actually like we learned that choreography and it was fun it sounds like either living it up on top or way down hades town i think it's a uh, the former cool imagine seeing hades town i would have seen it and dear evan hansen and come from away in april of last year had the pandemic not reared its ugly head hmm. my only disconcert with the show was that I'm so used to seeing Andre de Shields as Hermes, so it was a bit jarring to see not just someone else as Hermes, but also white Hermes. Huh. Kind of looks like my English teacher. It's not as offensive uh. as white sister Chantal from Bear, but it was still a bit jarring. It still didn't take away from my enjoyment of the show. I, I really enjoyed myself a lot. What about Chris Sullivan Hermes? Uh, he was in the, like, the New York Theatre Workshop production. I'm not familiar with Hermes. any other production. <laughs> but uh, you, know yeah. what I, you know what I did get? The uh, the cast recording on vinyl. Yeah. Oh, I really wish I could see anything right now. No kidding. I, I mean, I'm not on lockdown again, but I really wish I could see some of my real favorite bands. I At feel, least yeah. Bahamas is playing in my area. Hmm. In January. Last, a few weeks ago, 
Wyatt and I saw Hamilton. That was a good one. Oh, nice. Ooh. My uh, my sister and her husband recently got tickets for Hamilton. I think they were like it was like an upwards of five hundred dollars or something. Wow. <laughs> also, um, in the Broadway version, there's like the the big circle in the middle of the stage that goes down to Hades Town. But in the, like the DC version I saw, they replaced it with like what is essentially a garage door in the center. And I thought that was like the most technical part of the entire show. I mean, sure, they had a circle that spinned around and around, but it didn't like go down or anything. It was just it was a garage door in like the cent in like the center of the stage. And I thought that was the most technical part of the show. But lo and behold, during Wait for Me, the the entire stage just expanded. I knew it was coming, honestly, but it was glorious. Like, does anyone know the liftoff section from Space Oddity? Well, imagine that, but you're actually physically seeing the sound instead of hearing it. Oh, I saw it in the slime tutorials. <laughs> where, did the, where does the name slime tutorial originate? I have no clue, but I love it so much. We actually taught that, like, um, last year for uh, the theater classes that, we, that Wyatt and I take. We <laughs> we introduced the term slime tutorials to our voice teacher, and it was really funny. She didn't understand it. We thought it was it was really <laughs> funny once she finally understood. <laughs> I think the term slime tutorial came from like the fact that they were uploading all these uh, Broadway bootlegs, and they which is illegal, a, by the way. Yeah, they needed a catchy. This is illegal, you know. To, <laughs> <laughs> they needed to keep people from auto flagging it, so they just. Tried to disguise it as slime tutorials. I'm gonna look up funny Broadway bootleg names and look at them. Cool. Um, okay. It's enough uh, talking about my Hades Town experience. Let's look at the album. Cue incidental music number one. So, uh, Tumbleweed Connection is the third studio album from English singer-songwriter Elton John. It was released October 30th, 1970 under uh, DJM Records in the UK and January of 1971 under Uni Records in the US. The genres are Roots Rock and Americana and it was produced by Gus Dudgeon. Now I'm going to read the uh, All Music Review from Stephen Thomas Irwine. Instead of repeating the formula that made Elton John a success, John and Bernie Taupin attempted their most ambitious record to date for the follow-up to their breakthrough, 
A Wu's concept album about the American West, Tumbleweed Connection emphasized the pretensions that always lay beneath their songcraft. Half of the songs don't follow conventional pop structures. Instead, they flow between verses and vague choruses. These experiments are remarkably successful, primarily because Taupin's lyrics are evocative and John's melodic sense is at its best. As should be expected for a concept album about the Wild West, the music draws from country and blues in equal measures, ranging from the bluesy choruses of Ballad of a Well-Known Gun and the modified country of Country Comfort to the gospel-inflicted Burndown Mission and the rolling, soulful Amarena. Paul Buckmaster manages to write dramatic but appropriate string arrangements that accentuate the cinematic feel of the album. Alright, what do we think of Tumbleweed Connection by Elton John? Oh, I love it. It's pretty great. Hmm. Very great. I liked it, but at the same time I didn't. I, I don't know. Hmm. They said the same thing about Let It Bleed, so you might just not be a Roots Rock fan. I liked it. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I had myself a good experience. I mean, it's Elton John. I you have to have a good experience. Yeah, and I'm kind of naturally gravitate towards like bulky kind of stuff, bootsy mm. stuff. Yeah, I get it. To be honest, I like Elton John's Roots Rock better than I do the band's Roots Rock. You know, if you remember back from the olden days when we did the band as our like our second album. Yeah, so I remember that. <laughs> feels so long ago. For real, though. Anyway, uh, the band, I, I skimmed the, the band self-titled recently, and they're a really uh, tight band, but i just not a fan of the vocals. Like, LeVon Helms sounds like he's uh, yawning every time he sings. The night that Dixie oh, down. <laughs> but Elton John, uh, I... he's, he's soulful. He's soulful. He knows what he's singing, and he's putting all of his effort I... into it. I do love Whispering Pines. That's that is a good song. Yeah, uh, that from yeah. so pretty. Yeah, I personally like Up on Cripple Creek off that album, even though it's a Levon Helm song. But yeah, this is a good Elton John album. It's it's actually tied with Captain Fantastic as my uh, silver Elton John album. My gold, obviously, being Honky Chateau. The Virgin uh, Tumbleweed Connection versus the Chad Honky Chateau. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> This is the first Elton John album that I knew. I never listened to it, but I knew about it. It was like on the home computer in the Windows Media Player. And it was the only Elton John album we had. We didn't have Goodbye Yellow Brick Road or uh, Honky Chateau. We had Tumbleweed Connection and that was it. And I can't remember if I remember the songs from when I was like five or six. Because maybe I didn't listen to them. But uh, I was aware of the album cover. And I was well aware that this was an Elton John album. So, hmm. what was yes. what was everyone's favorite track on here? I really loved Amarina. Hmm. That's a good one. I kind I of... I don't remember all the names. <laughs> Amarina, I like it. Maybe uh, Elton John's uh, trying to do the American-type vocal a bit too hard. Makes him sound kind of like a phony. It was used at the beginning of Dog Day Afternoon, though, so that that's cool. Yeah. yeah, Amarina is a story about it. The wife of Ray Williams, who was managing Elton John and Bernie Taupin, was pregnant when they were writing the song, and Bernie Taupin suggested that Amarina would be a delightful name for a little <laughs> girl. And when the baby was born, it, she was named Amarina. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, although I, I do think uh, the lyricism of Amarina is kind of weird. Like, I, I actually have the vinyl version of Tumbleweed Connection. The vinyl version comes with, a, like, the songbook. It features the lyrics for all the songs. 
the the lyrics for Amarina kind of made me raise my brow a bit, like uh, rolling through the hay like a puppy child. Uh, I miss you, Amarina, like a king bee misses honey. Yeah. Not that, the, that's not a cute little. <laughs> that, that reminds me of certain lyrics from River Deep Mountain High. But I'm like thinking, do king bees miss honey? I feel like that's more of the queen bee's job. Yeah, queen bee, like Beyonce misses honey. I don't know why I say that. I'm. And Riley, since you can't remember all the names, why don't you just try to describe what your favorite song was like, and I'll prop and I'll try to tell you what which one that is. If I'm being honest, um, I was listening to this while I was doing some homework and working on my cross stitch project, and it kind of felt like background noise for me. I don't know why. Hmm. I can get that, but but is is there like a certain part in like the entire album itself where where you're like, wow, that was pretty cool. I think during the first or second song. Um, did this particular part have an oboe in it? Um, I think so. I'm okay, not sure. that was "Come Down My, in Time," which is like I really like. Which is that's honestly "Come Down in Time" is an S tier Elton John song. It is like I really like that one. Yeah, and fun fact: uh, uh, Do you know who Carl Jenkins is? You probably don't at all. But he composed a mm. modern piece of classical music called Pogadio. You'll you'd remember it if you heard it. It's it appears on like a lot of British baking shows. It goes like ba da da dum ba da da dum ba da da dum ba da da dum, kind of like that. So I don't. Wa- I never watch any baking shows. Hmm. So I well, know that what song. if I? But what if I told you that Carl Jenkins, the composer of that piece, was the guy who played oboe on Come Down in Time? It's the small world after all. Mm-hmm. Small world. The more you know, the more you'll grow. That's one. And that's one to grow on. Also, um, John Landau of Rolling Stone said that he prefers the, the Rod Stewart version of Country Comfort over Elton John's version because he thought it sounded too busy. What he's talking about is uh, Elton John and Bernie Taupin originally wrote the song for Rod Stewart. And then they covered it themselves on Tumbleweed Connection. And John Landau saying that Elton's version is much more busy than Rod Stewart's version, which makes it bad. Hard disagree on that one because A, I despise Rod Stewart's voice. He sounds like rubbing sandpaper on a cheese grater. Uh, the man has uh, never cleared his throat in his entire life. Uh, I kind of consider his Great American Songbook albums a guilty pleasure of mine. A guilty pleasure technically means it's not good, so... We cracked the case. Rod Stewart is not good. <laughs> but we know that Elton John is good. Yes. <laughs> I still need to watch Rocket Man. I, I watched it. It was it was pretty good. Honestly, it's better than Bo Rap. I, I might get to Rocket Man on my podcast. Yeah. yeah. Sounds fun. Down at the store. Well, she's really going fine for 84. So uh, my least favorite song would be uh, Son of Your Father, 
I mean, I get it, it's nice Boogie Boogie Rock, but something about it feels a bit too dry or arid. The story of that song is about, like, two men are fighting on the farm, like, we gotta do it this way, no, we gotta do it that way, and in the end, they both die for some reason. Um, so, I haven't seen the movie The Power of the Dog, but, I don't know, some reason that way you described it reads the same energy as the plot of The Power of the Dog. Hmm. Um, That's one my mom and I want to watch when it comes out. Oh, yeah, it... It was at TIFF, but I didn't think of seeing it. I just kind of frowned upon it. I, I heard that um, Benedict Cumberbatch is getting a lot of Oscar buzz. Ooh, I guess I might see it when it comes out then. And yeah. kick myself for not watching it when I had the chance. So, like uh, I did with Nomadland. So, if I was to pick a, a second least favorite off this album, it would be My Father's Gun. Like, it's not a bad song. Like, none of these are bad songs. But uh, I the reason I don't like it's the same reason I don't like The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. It portrays the Confederacy in a sympathetic manner, and I'm just not for that type of stuff. It goes to Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> so, yeah. You guys seen the Anchorman 2 fight scene? I have. Uh, I, I have not. I I linked it in chat. It's bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm just not a big fan of, like, uh, sympathetic confederates. Like, I mean, not all of them own slaves, but it was, I mean, they did fight for, for their rights to own slaves. And this is not a topic that should be uh, talked about on this podcast, but Bernie Taupin has forced my hand because he has written this song. I will say, though, he does end up saving it in uh, the second verse. He says, there will be laughter when the bells of freedom ring. And if anyone knows anything about history, is that slavery is the exact opposite of freedom. So it's clear that when Bernie was writing these lyrics, he was writing them with a sense of irony. And that's what saves the song for me. I love some good irony. Yeah. Where to now, St. Peter, though, might just be my favorite song off the album. Uh, you say that it's what happened to the hero in the last song? The I was literally thinking that. Head cannon. <laughs> so, <laughs> Got uh, some new Rock of Ages lore. Yeah. So the evil Confederate boy picks up his father's gun and fights to destroy the northern civilization. And then he dies and then St. Peter drags him to hell. I Like, he doesn't know whether or not he's going to heaven or hell, but it's heavily implied he's going to hell. Not just because he's not Christian, but also because he's a gray hat or whatever they're called. You went to urine town. <laughs> <laughs> Way down, urine town. <laughs> I just realized the last uh, piece of theater I saw was Hades Town, and the second to last theater piece thing I saw was urine town. I guess I love going to town. I'm going to town with all this theater stuff. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. What is Hades Town? Hades Town is here. It's the town where ever people learn to live in fear. That... Thank you for that, Riley. Thank you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm clapping. You shouldn't be sorry. I'm clapping too. <laughs> so uh, Isaiah couldn't be here tonight, but he told me that Love Song was his favorite song off the album. It's okay. Like, I like the song, but when I was listening to it in headphones, it felt kind of distracting having the guitar in one earbud and just Elton John singing with a metronome in the other. Wait, he's, I take it back. It's not just him singing. He's also uh, singing a duet with, uh, what's her face? Uh, a girl named Leslie Duncan. She does a lot of the backing vocal stuff on this album. Not like you'd know her or anything, but, you know. And we talked hey, about... There's a fly in my room. Damn. 
<laughs> That's so tragic. So, I feel like Talking Old Soldiers, it's also a contender for my favorite song off the album. Like, it's just Elton John singing on a piano, which is basically what My Melancholy Blues was, but I like Talking Old Soldiers better because it doesn't end the album. Even though, if it did end the <laughs> album, I'd be uh, fine with it. Yeah, I forgot to mention that My Father's Gun was in the movie Elizabeth Town, which I have yet to see. Way I'm down, like... Elizabeth Town. Yeah, another town. Uh, hmm. Another town. Like, I feel like getting to that on my podcast. Hmm. It's kind of like Garden State by, by Cameron uh, Crowe. Hmm. I wouldn't know what Garden State is. Garden anyway. State is New Jersey. Hmm. Anyway, uh... It might just because I still have the taste of Hades Town in my mouth, but Talking Old Soldiers reminded me so much of the Road to Hell reprise. Mm. Is is that just is it just me? Uh, no, no, it's not just you. It's it just makes me want to see Hades Town. Really <laughs> wish that this pandemic never happened, but El- so Elton John approaches this old man in the bar. He's like a Civil War veteran. He goes, "Hey, man." Uh, Tell me about your life. And then the veteran goes, well, it's a sad song. It's a tragedy, but I'll sing it anyway. <laughs> he was, spoiler alert, it was about the perfect storm. <laughs> a perfect storm really is the Hades town of generic disaster movies, though. <laughs> yeah. You keep wishing that it'll end up right, but it doesn't. Oh, well. Yeah. Burn Down the Mission is a six-minute epic ending to the album. It's one of Elton's most popular songs from Off the Tumbleweed Connection. It's it's also pretty cool. I think my favorite parts were like the interludes where no one was singing. It was just all it was just big bombastic piano orchestra stuff. The story around that song is of like the main character is is gonna rob a church or something with with his mates, and then they get caught, and then the main character gets dragged to his doom. To you're in town. Yeah. So, like, that Burn Down the Mission is about anti-disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> in a sense. Uh, I feel like um, John was secretly writing about you're in town in Tumbleweed Connection the same way that David Byrne was writing about you're in town in Remain in Light. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, I, you know, every time we look at a rock album and there's a main character being a drag to their doom, I'm just going to say, they, they're... They're going to you're in town. <laughs> yeah, wait till we get to Ghost. On your podcast? Wait till we go to Ghost. That's, yeah, on my podcast. Yeah, no spoilers, but a couple of characters get sent to you're in town, so they say. Well, it's a movie about ghosts, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. Also, uh, Ballad of a Well-Known Gun. It was a pretty cool opener. I gave it a 9 out of 10 because I thought Elton's voice was trying too hard to sound American, and I found that to be hammy. Yeah, like all, like all other people in movies who try to sound American, they're British, or British when they're actually American, or well, Tina Fey in Muppets Most Wanted, well, some trying to be Russian. That's, you know, well, sometimes, oh well, sometimes it works. I mean, Benedict. Muppets Most Wanted was a fever dream. I mean, I love that one so much. Sometimes the British doing the American accent works. Benedict Cumberbatch isn't getting an Oscar for no reason. Possibly getting an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, if the Oscar buzz for Power of the Dog is of any indication. I took myself a Oh, oh, oh.
So, guessing game for you guys. Who called Elton John a puling phony? Frisco. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I just figured, because <laughs> it's this podcast. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Um, he said, uh... Frisco, our favorite side character. Yeah. He said in his review, between the cardboard leatherette jacket and the cold type rotogravure souvenir booklet, which I have, by the way, is a piece of plastic with good melodies and bad westerns on it. I disagree. I think there are good westerns on it. Like, this isn't my favorite Elton John album, but I will easily defend it whenever Robert Criscow says something naughty. If Even if I hate it, I will defend it if Bobby C. speaks slander upon it. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Romy, you're a Muppets fan. Would you think that Tumbleweed Connection is what the Muppets would be like if it was in the Wild West instead of the Swamp? Uh, it, it does kind of sort of sound like the kind of stuff you'd expect to hear in the Muppet movie. But, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm just saying because, I'm just saying because it's easy to replace Rainbow with Tumbleweed and then you have the Elton John album. Why are there so many songs about tumbleweeds? <laughs> Why are there so many memes about frogs? <laughs> but that's none of my business. I'm giving cue that one scene during that Office series. It was the Muppets from 2015. Why are there so many songs about Rainbow? Learn a new song! <laughs> oh, I love that yeah. scene so much. Yeah. yeah. I love uh, so well, much. we did it. We found our connection to the Muppets this episode. We can check that off. Well, safe to say, we found our tumbleweed connection. Oh. Yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah, I should. I also feel contractually obligated to mention that Elden John did eventually appear on the Muppet Show. Oh yeah, the, the, I saw him play Crocodile Rock, surrounded by crocodiles. With crocodiles. Yeah, so that that was fun. I'm, I love when they just squeeze a literal meaning out of a song. Like they did, I'm looking through you, sung by two ghosts to another ghost. It, Speaking of each other. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the Muppet Show, has has anyone here seen Alice Cooper on the Muppet Show? Because I hear it's one of the best yes! episodes. Yes. I added "Welcome to My Nightmare" to Jackson's Halloween playlist because mm. of partly motivated by that. Yeah, because you know nightmares are always scary. Yeah. We should be getting to Cooper on the podcast. Uh, I have billion dollar babies and uh, welcome to my nightmare on the wait list for the wheel. So that should be fun. Mm, I think I remember Alice Cooper played in my area some 10 years ago, which was 2011. I think it was around the time the 2011 Muppets movie came out. Mm. All right. So um, Isaiah gave this a 5 out of 10, he's told me. He says he likes Elton John, but the Americana thing just isn't his vibe. And that is valid. He likes five of the songs and doesn't like five of them. Uh, Romy, what would you give this out of 10? 8. Um, it's the kind of thing I'd be into, but uh, I don't connect with it as much as other things like, I don't know, Milk Carton Kids or... Walkins Family Hour, which are ah uh, yes, true universal u- universal bands that everyone ha- everywhere has ever has always heard of. <laughs> that, that's my way I, of saying I've never heard of them. Uh, they're good. You should. Uh, oh yeah, indie folk isn't really your thing. I could try though. Uh, I think I I I could just be insane, but I think 
All Things Must Pass has like traces of what would be indie folk on it with all of its reverberated sound. So if you gave me indie folk, I might like it. So uh, Riley, what do you think? Give it like a five. I feel the same way as Isaiah. You know, I, I'd give it an eight, but then I'd be putting it on the same level as Trace Hombres. And I think it is better than Trace Hombres conceptually. And not only that, I'd be putting it in the same place as the band self-titled. And over time, I just, I, I don't really want to listen to the band self-titled that much. I mean, it they're tight, but I just, I can't stand the vocals much. But Elton John isn't a primarily Americana performer, so he gets away with it. And uh, he gets away with it well because he's a good singer. And Bernie Taupin's a great songwriter, and, and they make it work. They write something that I'm glad that most other people can latch on to. So I'm going to give this an 8, because I the, the two songs that I don't like aren't bad, but they kind of take me away from it a bit. So, but, but My Father's Gone has that one line, so I'll give it an 8.1. That's, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. So we got, uh, some more Elton John on the, on, on the wheel. We got, uh, Honky Chateau and Goodbye Elric Road and Captain Fantastic, but we also have Madman Across the Water, which, FYI, I, is probably my least favorite Elton John album. This information might get me kicked out of the Elton John Discord server, but I don't... <laughs> I, I live my truth. Fun fact, you'd expect that uh, the, the cover of this album, you'd expect it to be shot in, like, the Wild West. But nope. This uh, concept album about the Wild West, its album cover was taken in a London train station. And that's disgusting because it's British. Yeah. But at least it's not Irish. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was Irish? Well, I'm not. That's I'm be not a running gag from now I on. I mean, I'm not Lizzie Borden, so I wouldn't mind if they were Irish. <laughs> I, I I don't mind the Irish either. Just if, if anyone Irish is listening to this, we don't hate you. Just Lizzie Borden does. <laughs> All right. So, as I mentioned, uh, the yes, Tumbleweed Connection is a concept album, which means that next time we look at a theater album. Let me just check my theater list to see which theater album we'll be looking at next. Oh, uh, you better buckle up, comrades. Next time we're looking at Natasha, Pierre, and the Great Comet of 1812. Let's go! Alright! Uh, uh, Alright, thank you. It's time we put It's great that we're finally doing Great Comet. I just wish Kay was here for the announcement, though. Did somebody say Great Comet? <laughs> That's more like it. Um.